It's just after 6 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah, what up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. All right, it is Throwback Thursday, KT Live, PSBR Law Studios here in Las Vegas, and a great show coming up, SportsX Radio, Monday through Friday, 6 to 8 p.m. right here, and of course on KDOM, but also streaming live on that worldwide Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, download that sucker now, great show in store for you, as I said, and uh, lots of football, Lincoln Kennedy, big offensive lineman, and of course still the color commentator for Raiders Radio Broadcast, he will be joining me in about 17 minutes from now. We'll talk a little Raiders in Indianapolis. Big game against the Colts coming up Sunday. Silver and Black State try to stay alive as far as uh, postseason play, but more importantly, uh, just try to keep the ship going in the right direction. We don't know, indeed, if Antonio Pierce will be that head coach. He is 4-3 and three so far. Interim tag there. And uh, Champ Kelly, general manager, that could be the, uh, the duo that gets those jobs ironclad. In stone, and we'll wait and see. But I think if the Raiders win out, I think uh, AP's got a good, solid shot. I really think he's got a good shot now. We'll see if Hondo Carpenter is able to join me tomorrow. He, of course, sits in on a lot of the Raiders stuff as well. Lincoln Kennedy's got great insight as well. He's been part of that organization for a long, long time. So we'll talk with Lincoln. And then hour number two, yes, Mr. Brad Powers, the college football guru, will join us. We will pick things up where we left off with Brad, and we will get into the games, the bowl games for tomorrow, four of those games tomorrow. Uh, several on Saturday, and we'll go through the New Year's Day games as well. We'll also get his early take on the FCS title game with South Dakota State and Montana. We'll do all of that with Brad Powers and BP doing a nice job as far as the NFL, and uh, we'll keep you updated as far as all of that because we do have Thursday night football as well. So let's get the show rolling on this Throwback Thursday. Now, the starting five, number one. All right, let me go right to that throwback Thursday game. It's not really a throwback, but it is in Cleveland. And a big game for the Browns. They are 10-5, and 7-1 and one at home. So they've been taking care of business big time on that home field. And Joe Flacco has turned back the clock. So far, 128 yards passing and a touchdown pass tonight. Second quarter early on, 11.47 to go in the first half. Browns 20, the Jets 7. Sports X Michelle, my sister, talking to her today. She's like, what's the total in that game? She said 34 and a half. She's 34 and a half. She said, that game's going over. I know the Jets struggle to score. But the Browns are scoring nicely now with Flacco at the helm, especially at home. So she said, I'll take the over. She's going to make some money. It looks like 20-7, to early second quarter. Browns lead the Jets, looking to go 11-5 and and keep those faint hopes alive as far as catching Baltimore. They'd have to win their last two and have the Ravens drop their last two. Probably not going to happen. But pretty impressive stuff by Joe Flacco and Cleveland. And uh, they will be a tough out because we know that defense is tough. And if they can put up some points, we know that's pretty solid as well. Now, Amari Cooper, who had that big, solid game his last outing with uh, uh, over 220 yards receiving and a couple touchdowns, he is not playing tonight. And so uh, they're having other guys step up. In fact, tight end David Njoku. How about Njoku? 
five receptions, 128 yards already. He has really been the focal point as far as the receiving. Jerome Ford on the ground, seven carries, 56 yards. Kareem Hunt, though, two carries, only five yards, but he did hit pay dirt. So if you have him in your fantasy, you got that six points right there. Keep an eye on Flacco, who's now up to 150 yards passing, one touchdown, and a solid quarterback rating of 133.5. Trevor Simeon, the start for the Jets. He's thrown an interception, but he does have a touchdown pass as well to Brees Hall. Brees Hall, excellent out of the backfield. Already has five carries, 42 yards on the ground, two receptions, 32 yards, and that lone Jets touchdown receiving. We'll keep an eye on Thursday Night Football, 20-7. Browns lead the Jets. Number two. All right, got to go to the bad news. Gosh dang it, sometimes you just hate this police blotter stuff. But again, innocent till proven guilty. But uh, this is major stuff here for Illinois basketball because they have a pretty good player in the name of Terrence Shannon Jr. He has been suspended from the team, all activities, after he was charged with rape. And this came down from the school, Illinois, earlier today. A warrant for Shannon's arrest was issued by Douglas County. That's over there in Kansas. He was actually there in the Lawrence, Kansas area when he attended Illinois and Kansas as far as football game back in September. And uh, this has been an ongoing investigation, but the charges came down. Rape, sexual intercourse without consent, and use of force. Illinois said in a statement that the alleged incident occurred while Shannon was in Lawrence to attend that Illinois-Kansas football game. The school noted that Shannon was not in Lawrence on official university business, nor was he a member of the university's travel party. Shannon posted $50,000 bail Thursday and returned to Champaign. And again, we'll be following this one closely. Uh, Again, just uh, hate to see stuff like this, but you've got to abide by the law. And sometimes athletes, they think they... uh, have a law that pertains to them, and it's separate than the one that pertains to the rest of us. So we'll indeed keep an eye on it, innocent until proven guilty, but Terrence Shannon Jr., Illinois, their star player, Coach Brad Underwood, very upset with the whole thing going down. We'll keep an eye on it. We will follow it right here at SportsX Radio. Number three. All right, on the ice, the Kings and the uh, Golden Knights going to go at it right here at the Fortress. Boy, the Golden Knights are really struggling mightily. I mean, big time. How about last night? They get tattooed pretty good. Orange County, they lose 5-2 to two to Anaheim. And uh, Logan Thompson really had trouble in between the pipes. It looks like Yuri Patera will get the start tonight. L.A. Kings looking like they're going to go with Cam Talbot between the uh, the pipes as well. Uh, Kings were able to overcome that early one nothing deficit at home in L.A. last night to San Jose. Five unanswered goals. They rolled 5-1. to one. So when we look at the Pacific... As far as in the Western Conference, the Kings, remember, they had a nice, huge lead out of the gate. They couldn't lose early on, but they have struggled mightily as of late. And they have played more games, one more than Vancouver. The Canucks lead the Golden Knights by two points. Vancouver entering the night, 49 points. VGK at 47. And then the LA Kings have 44. But the difference there, Los Angeles has only played 31 games. That is five less than VGK, four less than Vancouver. If they catch up as far as games played, there's a good chance LA, L.A. would be in first place in the Pacific Division there in the NHL. So we'll keep an eye on it. But at the Fortress, Vegas really could use a win tonight over the Los Angeles Kings. Number four. Number four. Let's go right to the NFL. Just a couple of things that have come down as far as notes. Uh, Nick Mullins, we remember him backing up there for the Raiders and even being part of that practice squad but of course has been on the Minnesota Vikings roster and then they elevated him to the squad he ended up starting after Jaron Hall the rookie out of BYU was injured Mullins threw the ball around got some good yardage 
but the old interception bug has bitten him big time through several picks last game and a couple in the game before. So he has struggled as far as throwing it to the right team consistently. So he has been benched. Jaron Hall is now ready to go. We'll keep an eye on the rookie at a BYU. He will get the start against the Packers Sunday night football for the Vikings. Meanwhile, tough news for the Dolphins. We know they have that big game in Baltimore against the Ravens. Ravens coming off, of course, the uh, blistering of San Francisco in Santa Clara. And uh, the Dolphins without Jalen Waddell for this game against Baltimore. And that's a big blow. Again, want to see this Dolphins team with all the bullets in their chambers. Why? Because when you have a Tyree Kill and you have a Jalen Waddell, you couple that with a good tight end and, you know, a, a pretty good quarterback. I mean, there's a lot of potential on this Dolphins team. Now, folks don't talk about the Dolphins' defense, but that's pretty good as well. And if they're going to slow down Lamar Jackson, that defense has to step up big time, keep him in the game. We know Lamar coming off the short week, but an outstanding effort, and he is the front runner as far as MVP. We saw Brock Purdy have that tough game, throw four interceptions. All of a sudden, Lamar Jackson, a minus 180 here in Vegas to win the MVP. We'll keep an eye on that big game on Sunday. That is Dolphins-Ravens, also Vikings-Packers. It's a big one. Both teams still alive over there in the NFC North. Not to win the North. We know Detroit's already taking care of business there. They'll be at Dallas on Saturday But those two teams hoping that maybe they get a shot at one of those wild card spots. Number five. And that's right, it is college basketball. Yes, we're not into the new year yet, but we've got men's college basketball and we've got some action starting in conference play. Now, there's a few of the conferences that had a couple early on uh, games between the teams. Sometimes they'll play a couple conference games early on in December, but we've got some teams that are going to be going at it tonight in the Big West. KT used to call games for Long Beach State and UC Riverside. They both hail from the Big West. They're both in action tonight, late games. Keep an eye on those. They'll tip off about midway through SportsX Radio. And then we've also got a couple good ones in the Pac-12, including USC. They'll be up at Matthew Knight Arena in Eugene, Oregon to face the Ducks. And we'll keep an eye on all of that stuff. Lots going on in the world of sports, but a lot of football talk. And we'll get with it with Lincoln Kennedy in just a little bit. And that is a look at your starting five. Do want to uh, welcome in my producer, Mark Koch, who does a great job. Uh, Not only, of course, hosting his own show Sunday mornings, the Mark Koch Show, great in professional wrestling, but also very well-rounded as far as sports, does a lot of sports updates for our sister station. And, uh, you know, his versatility as far as music. Now, he's always picking out eclectic hits and just different genres of music. But the gentleman that filled in for Steve Sanchez, which, of course, precedes KT's show right here on KDON, Robert Davi. Robert Davi is fantastic. And, of course, we remember him exact his acting days. But this guy is brilliant. I mean, his vocabulary is uh, outstanding and just really, you know, his education. But his take on things, uh, really, I, I like his conservative nature. But he's also got opera singing background. And he did a whale of a show as far as his Sinatra impersonating and it's I, I guess really not impersonating he does you know the mannerisms but he knew Sinatra and traveled with him got to know him and his entourage and so when I took in the show with my wife Christina and her parents several years back at the Venetian it was unbelievable I mean this guy literally knew all the different you know composers for this and the writer here and this and that and where it originated and what town it was in and how it became what it became and how it got its name it was an incredible show and so we're probably going to be spinning some of those hits. 
I want to tell uh, Mark Hoke what a great job he did producing that show, the Steve Sanchez show with Robert Davi, because uh, that was outstanding, Mark. And a lot of people don't get to see you behind the scenes and how quick sometimes you can bring something up and then get it online and, and get it across the air. I just want people to know how hard you work, and you should be commended. A lot of people have no idea. They just figure everything goes status quo. But great job with the uh, Steve Sanchez show and, of course, Robert Davi, one of the most incredible guys to uh, host a show. Well, thanks, Ken. I, I appreciate that. And, yeah, I'll tell you, that was um, an amazing experience, of course. You know, Robert, uh, most well-known for his work on The Goonies and Die Hard. And if you don't remember from Die Hard, he was, you know, one of those two jerk cops that kept screwing everything up for uh, Bruce Willis in there. Um, but just, but you know, he's, he's known as a conservative pundit and, uh, has been on Fox news a ton of times and, you know, just, but, uh, what a great guy. And, you know, he was on the last two nights and if you didn't, if you didn't hear the show and whether you're a conservative or liberal, it doesn't matter. It was just really inspirational. And I would tell you to, you know, go to the Odyssey app and, and listen to some of the things he had to say, because it was, it was pretty impressive. And, uh, you know, I feel like I really just got to do something special the last two nights and, uh, you know, a lot of fun. Uh, just, you know, and, and just nicest guy in the world, too. I mean, you know, here's a Hollywood guy coming in here to, you know, substitute host for uh, Steve and, you know, was just cool as can be. You know, so I want to thank Robert and, uh, you know, thanks, uh, you know, thanks, Kate on and everybody for helping me out and getting uh, getting him rolling. And uh, we had a blast. Good, good couple of nights. No doubt. And if uh, he does come back around, whether Vegas or somewhere close by, if we could take in that Sinatra show again, it's one of my uh, all-time favorites as far as whoa, attending. Whoa, whoa, really no, enjoyed no, it. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to stop you there. It's not a Sinatra show. It's a Robert Davi show. Right. Don't don't sell the man short. Oh, no. I'm not. That's why no. I brought him up. Are yeah. you kidding me? It's a Robert Davi show, man. Don't don't make me sick. He's got a pack, too. I'll take you out, Ken Thompson. No, Careful. he won't. No, he, he likes KT, unlike... Yeah, I, uh, I think he likes me more. No, you know, I mean, and it, yeah, you're the modest guy, so he does, you know. Yeah. I mean, you're always the guy that can actually <laughs> take the take the uh, demeanor of a guy hosting a show that is looking to give you some credit and pat you on the back, and by the time that segment is over, the guy doesn't even want to talk to you any longer. Ah. It's just the personality <laughs> of Mark Hope. I think it comes from that professional wrestling background. Hey, what can I say? There you go. All those times chewing out those poor gals that you coached in ladies volleyball. My goodness, I feel so. Hey, I coached boys gals. too. Did you? I just said uh, there's probably a lot of them that have, you know, very psychological health after yeah, that. Very different. Very different, Ken. Coaching boys and girls, huge change of mentality. The guys, you can say anything you want. The girls, <laughs> I learned that real quick. Real quick. Yeah, it just depends. You know, I mean, no, it no, it does. Oh, it no, does. It I coached ladies for oh, a long time, oh, man. So let me let me oh, tell you. Oh, and you're that's... talking to a guy that has five <laughs> sisters and four daughters. So I think I know women probably a little bit better than you. And I think my track record is probably well, you a little are bit better than yours. Yes. You are married. I'll give you that. There you go. Me, not so much. Well, I was zero for two in a walk before Christina came that's... along. So, you know, what what an zero for two with a walk? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, walk to Vegas, and uh, here I am. Okay, all right. I was curious. <laughs> How'd you get the walk? There you go. <laughs> I think uh, I think I had a balk and I, I catcher interference and hit by a couple pitches. 
Well, we'll get yeah. into that a little bit later, hour number two. Let me take the first break. 27-7, the Browns have added another touchdown. Flacco, a second touchdown yeah. pass. How about already sitting at 34 points, 529 Flacco to go Flacco. in Flacco the first Flacco. half? Yeah, Flacco pretty amazing. Flacco, Flacco 149.1 on that rating. Dude. Yeah, could it be that the Cleveland Browns, I can actually root for them without Deshaun Watson running the show. I like him a little better with Flacco there, but still hoping, holding out that the Raiders get it done. But got to take a break and come back with Lincoln Kennedy. What's Soup, that? Draft day. Oh, draft day. There Super you go. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Yeah. Super Bowl. Boy, they'd love it in Cleveland. It's been a long time <laughs> since they've been part of any championship on the gridiron, uh, the NFL championship days, but never to the Super Bowl. We're hoping maybe this could be the year if you're a Cleveland Browns fan. SportsX Radio 101.5 FM K-Dawn, streaming live on that Odyssey app. We'll be back. The big fella, number 72, Lincoln Kennedy. He'll join us. We'll talk a little silver and black state. Got another final in as far as a bowl game. Kansas State has just won their game against NC State. Got a late touchdown to get a win and a cover, 28-19. to I'll get you the other scores a little bit later. We'll be right back, live from Vegas. Luck be a lady tonight. Luck be a lady tonight. Ah, uh, little Vegas music. I love it. A little Sinatra coming back. That is Robert Davi, of course, uh, does a great job with the Sinatra music. And as I told you, took in a great show years ago at the Venetian. And uh, Robert, of course, hosting the Steve Sanchez show prior to SportsX Radio. And uh, looking forward to a big Sunday again and got a big Monday this past Christmas Day. And, of course, Christmas Day, big time for KT anyway. But knowing that the Raiders were taking on Kansas City, I was fired up after listening to Hondo Carpenter kind of preview that game and prognosticate that the Raider defense would be there to play and come up big. Well, he was spot on. The offense, not so much, but uh, didn't lose the game. And when you get those two quick touchdowns in seven seconds from the D, you got to make sure you hold on. And they came up big on that final drive. We're able to work that clock and not give Kansas City an opportunity to win that game down the stretch. We welcome in one of the best, one of the best ever, Don the Silver and Black, and of course, his alma mater in the national title playoff race. They will be in the Sugar Bowl. He is UW, all about Washington, baby. The Huskies going to be taking on Texas. We'll get into that a little bit later, but got to get that out there because uh, Kalen DeBoer and those Huskies, what a job they've done. Penix Jr., I'm hoping those guys can take care of business. It'll be a lot of fun on New Year's Day, and we welcome big number 72, Lincoln Kennedy. Still does an outstanding job year in, year out on those Raider broadcasts. Lincoln, great to have you, pal. Thanks for having me. No, always appreciate you. And I know everybody, you're a wanted man. I mean, the team comes up with a big win, and all of a sudden, I know I'm like, you know, you're like, well, I've got 72 other ones, uh, you know, but, but after that, I'll squeeze you in, KT. But you are awesome, man. And you do a great job, as I always tell you, on the broadcast, which I enjoy because you know the game so well, of course, as a player, but also as somebody that's watched it for such a long time that you're always quick to the point. Were you surprised that the uh, the Raider D was that dominant against Kansas City, or did you expect that type of effort? I mean, I know this team has been practicing hard and flying to the ball with re- reckless abandon from the defensive side of things, but, boy, I just didn't expect it to be that dominant. And of course, Jack Jones has come over and a couple big pick sixes in successive weeks, so that kind of helps out a little bit. But did you expect that type of domination? 
Well, we, no, no, no. You can't. It, you can't uh, honestly convince me that there was going to be that type of dom- domination with probably one of the most prolific offenses of our generation. When you think about it, you know, the capability of a quarterback, and of course, when he had his receivers. You know, talk about Travis Kelsey, who's breaking every tight end record in the book before he goes into the Hall of Fame, uh, so on and so forth, and a coach that has found a way. I mean, when you look at the, the run that the Chiefs have had. But I think the last five AFC championships, two two Super Bowls. I mean, come on now. No one could ever predict that a team, if you told me the Raiders were going to go on the arrowhead, not score a touchdown, and beat the Kansas City Chiefs, I would have likely said that you were smoking something, and can I have some? So, um, no, I didn't think that it was going to come like that. There you go. It was me and Chris Long that were smoking it without you, but nonetheless... <laughs> <laughs> we we were taken in that game, but listen, it was it was a lot of fun on Christmas Day, and and knowing so many of the passionate Raider fans throughout the years, and you of course are in that circle, and you always accommodate the black hole fans and all those uh, different charity events, and we've connected on some of those. And I was texting with the Violator, my man Wayne Mabry, and Gorilla Mark Acasio, and it was great just to watch that defense. But then all of a sudden, going, you know, it's still only twenty to seven. If they score here. <laughs> And all of a sudden, we're within six, and I'm looking at the clock, and I'm like, clock can't go fast enough. But, man, that last drive, it was so cool because we didn't have Josh Jacobs. I know he tried to give it a go, but Zamir White, a.k.a. Zeus, he stepped up big time, and O'Connell didn't press. He knew that he hadn't completed a pass since the first quarter, but nonetheless, you have to understand what's at stake. It doesn't matter about your own statistics. It's just the old Al Davis mantra, just win, baby. Yeah, there's there's something to be said when you have a 26-year-old rookie quarterback that doesn't make some of the same mistakes maybe a 22- or 23-year-old might make in that position. But, you know, for the most part, here's what I, I noticed that, it, and I've, I've talked to other venues and mediums about it, it's, it's you know what you have on defense, you know that there's Max Crosby. But what we've seen so far this year is we've seen Malcolm Coons come out of his shell. Mm-hmm. We've seen guys like Adam Butler, you know, come out and, and, and make an impact. Uh, you know, there, there's been other guys that, on that defense as well. Trayvon America's had a good year. And even after the release of Marcus Peters, you know, the acquisition uh, of the young man from New England, you know, Jack Jones uh, has, has paid dividends. I mean, you, couldn't, you could not make a better prop bet that the Raiders' defense will score two touchdowns in seven seconds. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what the odds would be for that, but it would be astronomical if you were able to hit it. Yeah, no doubt about it. And Robert Spillane has done a standout job. Yeah. He stepped up, and then Hobbs also, like Spillane, had 11 tackles. Both of them had nine solo tackles on a TFL. Amik Robertson came up big as well. Divine Diablo. I mean, it was great. And then knowing that Malcolm Kuntz played his college ball over there at Buffalo where Khalil Mack played, it's yeah. pretty special because they grow up uh, over there on that campus and they see that big picture of Khalil Mack right there, locker room and all that stuff. And, and those guys on the defense, they want to emulate that guy. And we got to see it from Kuntz. Six tackles, five solo, three sacks, four tackles for loss. Those are games that you remember and everybody else in Raiderland remembers them as well. No doubt, because it's against the hated Chiefs, the biggest division rival we have, uh, and and least successful in the past what five six years. Uh, finally answering the call and getting off the snide after you know going zero and seven over the last while for a while. So you know it was refreshing to see. It was I was holding my breath like you, waiting for the last minute to tick because look, we we've seen the Raiders in Arrowhead last year, as recent last year, have a double digit lead and come back and lose it, um, and also the same earlier this year with the Legion, uh, the Raiders had. You know, lead and just couldn't hold on. So we know how potent the offense is in Kansas City, how quick, strike, and effective they can be at scoring touchdowns. You know, we just had to hold on, and they found a way to do it.
You know, Lincoln, another thing that we don't talk about too much, and, you know, Daniel Carlson has missed a couple field goals that he normally makes, including in that first game against Kansas City, a 39-yarder. But we kind of take for granted that he's going to make just about anything inside 50. And then we also have a pretty special punter in A.J. Cole who can flip the field a lot of times, and I think we take him for granted. But our kicking game is pretty darn solid. I would say that the Raiders have played a good deal of complementary football. And what I mean by that is all three phases feed into each other. Special teams will start you off either way, whether it's getting a kickoff return or kicking the ball off. Defense gets the ball back to the offense. Offense tries to do something when it can't. If it has to punt or change the field, then you have special teams come back into play. And more importantly, defense is back out there. So you have complementary football. And I think, honestly, Ken, in my opinion, it's it's one of those things where if you have total complementary football and you have effective complementary football, you can beat anybody. It doesn't matter who it is. And we've seen that on any given Sunday or in the sport of football any given day that anybody can be beaten by anybody. It just matters if the ball bounces a certain way or you have a few things that, that go your way, but you know instances like that that happened in the seven seconds of the Kansas City game, you don't see too often. Two two defensive touchdowns, you know, both Hurts and then Jack Jones. Uh, you, you don't you don't see that. So uh, you, when it happens, you try to make the best of it. And you try to capitalize on it. But there's still a lot of work for the Raiders to do. They've got two remaining games. Um, they can only look back at Kansas City for so long before they have to move on to Indianapolis. And they've got two very winnable games, but they also got going against two opponents that have shown some fight in recent week out of them. Yeah, there's no question about it. And the Colts, of course, last year with Jeff Saturday at the helm yeah. somehow beat the Silver and Black out here at Allegiant Stadium. Now, offensive line, you know as well as anybody offensive line play. And I know you, you watch the guys and, and the yes. footwork and you grade them. And Colton Miller, he's been banged up throughout the year. But Dylan Parham really stepping up last year, showing his versatility not only at guard but at center if need be. Andre James, he's been playing banged up. Uh, Van Roten. And then Illuminor got beat up pretty good last game. So I don't think he'll be able to go this week. Uh, Munford, the youngster out of Ohio State, the seventh rounder, uh, will help probably get some more action. Can you kind of update us offensive line? Because we need them big time with Aiden O'Connell, of course, going back to Indiana where he played his uh, college ball there in West Lafayette at Purdue. So he's going to have some hometown cooking there and going to need some protection in order to have some time to get the ball and spread around and, of course, rely on that running game, kind of mix things up so that the Raiders offense can do their part because it's not going to happen too often, like you said, where you get two defensive scores. Well, I found that, you know, in the recent weeks, I think the Raiders have found their rhythm in running the football. Now, everything's not productive. Of course, without Jacobs last week going in, you know, you, it was, you were thinking how, how much they were going to put on to the run uh, uh, emphasis. Zeus did a great job um, at handling the, the, obviously, at handling and going over for 145. But I will say this, more for the offensive line play, I've noticed that their double teams at the point, their man blocking is more effective than their zone blocking. And uh, Thayer Munford is a big part of that, and, and, and because he's a better man blocker than he is a zone blocker. So they, have to, they can be effective. But what stood out to me in this past game was the fact that they had to insert receivers or other people to help take that eighth man in the box out of the equation or that unblocked defender out of the equation. When they did that, they isolated Zemiro, whoever, was carrying the ball at the time, they isolated him one-on-one with the safety. And more times than not, if depending on the size of the safety and how good they are, it becomes adva- or a corner, they become advantage running back. So um, they did, did an effective job at that in closing out the game. And it's going to be that task. The interior three for the Raiders, whomever it is and what combination it might be, are going to have their hands full with the interior defensive lineman, especially Buckner, for, uh, for the Indianapolis Colts. So um, when you look at it and you try to break down how effective they can be in the run, well, it's still a toss-up because you're coming off of an offensive output that's really 
nothing remarkable about it, really, to be honest with you. It's little or none. They've got to have more production in order to keep their defense fresh and to give their defense a chance, to give themselves a chance at winning a game. You can't depend on two defensive touchdowns every game. But with that being said, uh, as far as the offensive line play is, look, they're just trying to hold things together. I think expect Colton Miller back this week if, if Illuminor is not able to go. But, you know what, I appreciate Colton Miller. He's not playing 100%. No one is at this point, KT, but he's not playing at 100%. And I saw when Illuminor went down, Colton Miller was on the sideline running to get his helmet to go out there. And that, that, that really, you know, does my, my heart good to see that these guys want to play and they want to win. And that's something that's, that's infectious, contagious in that locker room. You sort of see the Antonio Pierce effect resonate through all the players on all three phases of the ball, offense, defense, and special teams. Great stuff. Lincoln Kennedy, our guest, as we finish up here, Bo Hardegree stepping in, interim offensive coordinator. And what I like, Lincoln, is moving pieces. I saw a lot of it on Monday I love to see guys in motion because it gives deception. Look, the guy may get the ball, he may not, but you've got guys that can. You've got a Hunter Renfro. You've got a Jacoby Myers. These guys can come. A Trey Tucker. Uh, these guys can come around. You can flip them the ball or you can fake, and once you do it a couple times, they don't know what's going to happen. So it just gives the element of surprise and also has the defense thinking. Instead of just standing back there with a running back next to you or even a naked backfield, and then it's like there's not much deception. You kind of know and you can figure out it's a limited – you know, play option of what's going to happen. So I like to see the moving pieces. Your take on that. There, you know, there are a lot of offensive coordinators in both levels, both college and pro, that have, have struggled to use motion wisely. Motion, in my opinion, when I first watched it, was to undress the defense. Give the quarterback some idea of what they're playing because you can't stay stagnant. When motion generates, it causes moving pieces. But in this offense in particular, I, I appreciate uh, the use of motion mainly because it's going to address the opportunities for to get number 17 isolated on a linebacker rather than a corner. And if they are playing corners over uh, like, like Kansas City was, if they're sending their best corner wherever number 17 is, that's going to free up somebody on the backside to be either covered by a nickel corner with more space or safety with with a lot more space. So that's when you isolate your Jacoby Myers or your Trey Tuckers, whomever, those opportunities are Hunter Renfro to get those guys out in space and utilize them. More importantly, it allows you to create layer situations with your tight end if your tight end is effective. Uh, And there's plenty of uh, routes uh, in the middle of the field that open up when you use motion to uncover the defense. So I think that's a a good thing for Aiden O'Connell to get used to, to get familiar with, and to be able to recognize defenses. Now, as his experience goes and his years go, he's going to rail that there are some people who are capable of disguising their coverages. Even though you have motion, it might look like man, but then they'll run into a sky zone or they'll, they'll buzz into a zone type of coverage. Um, and he's got to learn that. I think that sort of things to slow him down. But the biggest thing with this offense, in my opinion, KT, is that it, they've got to be able to be versatile enough to obviously try to get the ball to number 17 because he's a dynamic playmaker, but don't force the ball. Understand the teams that we've, most of the teams we played this season have come in with the, 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 the thought that they're going to take Devontae Adams out of the equation. And so they double cover him. And what you saw last week against Kansas City, it's, it's a team that plays more, um, uh, closer or, or tight to the, to the receivers and more trail techniques than any other team in the National Football League. So that creates another problem for a young quarterback to try to figure out the right window where to throw it in. And I remember one series where they, the, the offense went out there and three straight plays tried to throw the ball to Devontae Adams. 
whether he was open or covered. And a couple of the balls weren't exactly right on point. But you, to me, you can't force that issue. I think those are wasted uh, series if you go out there like that. And you can't, you, can't, you can't necessarily take advantage of it. You have to take what the defense is giving you. What we've seen this year is we've seen the ball spread around to a number of receivers. I still think we need to work on that. I still think we need to build on that because that gives defensive coordinators a number of things to have nightmares over before they play the Raiders. That is a great point. I saw the same thing with the Buffalo Bills when they've tried to force it to Diggs, and, yep. and once they stopped doing that, they became a much more effective offense, no question about it. All right, let's get to your alma mater before I let you go because I can't wait for that game, and I'm somebody that was there at that uh, championship game against Oregon at Allegiant Stadium, yeah. and people – that don't follow the Pac-12 the way you and I do, and of course our good pal Roxy Bernstein, but that don't know this Washington team, Jalen McMillan's the real deal. And this guy was open all night long against Oregon. In fact, Penix Jr., as great as he is, he'll tell you he underthrew one and overthrew one barely, or McMillan would have had two more touchdowns. That game was unbelievable as far as offense. When I watched it from the press box, I'm like, my goodness, these guys are open all night long. I think Sark is going to have trouble trying to cover this trio of receivers, and it had to be a trio because we know Adunze is going to get doubled if, in fact, you don't have a McMillan there. Polk is pretty good, but I think McMillan and Adunze, these guys are the unbelievable, and then Penix Jr. makes things happen. They've got to protect them. What do you expect from the offensive line of Washington against that defensive front and that front seven from Texas? I expect them to be very tested, and the big thing is, is that Washington has to remain resilient and consistent and trying to call a balanced attack. You can't just sit back and think you're going to pass on this Longhorns defense. They've got too much speed on that interior part of that defensive line and too much speed coming from the outside where they could create a rush with just four, so you've got to be balanced. Penix has done a great job all year, obviously, and going up for the Heisman and being one of the Heisman finalists, and of course you have those, those the receivers that really add to it, but I tell you, Dylan Johnson running the football between the tackles is absolutely essential because you have to remain balanced. You have to keep the Longhorns defense on their heels if you can, uh, and it's going to be a hard task. On the offensive side, for, for Sark, he's got a lot of speed, and he's got an experienced quarterback. This could very well be the biggest shootout of the weekend between the playoff games, if you think about it, because I don't expect a high-scoring game out of Michigan and Alabama. This could very well get a high-scoring game, uh, similar to it was with uh, the first time Oregon played Washington. Yeah, Dylan Johnson, he is a beast, man, and he seems to get stronger as the game goes. Great stuff, Lincoln Kennedy. Let me let you go, my man. Always appreciate you taking time out for SportsX Radio. Look to connect soon. Real quick, plug the angry crab, man, because we got one here in the Vegas Valley, and Lincoln Kennedy is a proud owner. Well, I tell you what, if you're ever in the Henderson area off of Sunset and Green Valley Circle, our restaurant is right there on the corner, Angry Crab Shack. Uh, come through for some Cajun seafood boil. Have some, have a good time in the nice family atmosphere restaurant. So it'd be nice for if your listeners to come out there. But I really appreciate you, KT, as always, my friend. And happy New Year to you and all your listeners. And I please, please, please implore everybody. Be safe over the holiday. Don't drink and drive. You know it. I do that. I end the show that way all the time. Great stuff, Lincoln. You have a great New Year and have, get us another W over there in Indianapolis and we'll see you when you get back, pal. I love you. I'll talk to you later, bro. You too, buddy. God bless. All right. Great stuff from a man, Lincoln Kennedy. Just a great guy and I've known him for a while, but a guy that's always doing stuff for charity and uh, owns an angry crab shack down there in the Phoenix area. So uh, took in a great meal there, but now he has the one. It used to be Joe's Crab Shack right there, so you'll know where it is. Most of you folks that know Henderson, Nevada. So get over there, angry crab shack, and it is such good food and really if you like a little kick you can get it as spiced up as you want but it is great stuff and i just know that uh, lincoln kennedy he stops in and out of there and uh, i got some great times uh with him 
you know, in the past and looking to have some great times in the future. SportsX Radio 101.5 FM Dawn. We stream live on that Odyssey app. Get you caught up on all the scores. And then Brad Powers joins me. Hour number two. Lots of college football to talk about. We'll go through those bowl games. We'll hit the NFL hard as well. Keep you updated on the games that are going tonight. You got Arizona and Oregon in a bowl game going right now. And of course, you got that Jets and Browns game. And the Jets scored another TD. So that game's already gone up and over the total. We'll update you when we come back. You're listening to SportsX Radio live from Vegas. All right, a throwback Thursday, little Van Halen bringing us back. Mark Hoke spinning the hits, and we've got Thursday Night Football. Told you in Sports X Michelle, what'd you say? KT, I'd take the over. Was 34.5, closed at 33.5 some of the places. 34-17 at the half. Browns up on top of the Jets. 34 points on that Jets defense in the first half. And I'm going to throw it to Mark Hoke because he's got a live report from Cleveland. Ken, they're going nuts out there. We've managed to patch in to WCKO in Cleveland. Wacko. They've lost their minds at Browns headquarters. Just, Just listen to this. Oh, hang on. They, they're not listening to Van Halen, though. An inspiration than anyone in college football. He's a Brown. Ray Jennings, the running back, the Browns. They're excited about years. their players. A return man to help out on special teams. Mm. And, Riz, just like we wanted, Brian Drew back at quarterback. They're excited about that quarterback. Belongs. I don't even want to hear about Bo Callahan. If he thinks Callahan's a bust, who am I? See that bust quarterback, you know, the one they don't want? Into a big time something. Smile for the cameras, coach. GM's happy. Coach is happy. We had a great day. Owner's happy. Oh, and there they go. There they go. They're chanting it. Super Bowl. Oh, man, Ken, I can't believe it. They, they're, they're, they've they lost their minds. You better believe it because they're going to be right here in our backyard. If that indeed comes true, it could be the Browns fans making it out to Vegas. Can you imagine? They're oh, nuts. My goodness. They're nuts. They're they wacko are. out there, Ken. They are. I'll, lost say, I'll, I'll say a couple fan base. I mean, of course, I'm partial to the Raider fan base, but Buffalo or Cleveland, either one of those two teams represent the AFC out here in Vegas. We're in for one heck of a week before Cle- the Super Bowl. Cleveland and who would be the goofiest Super Bowl matchup we could get right now? The goofiest or one that would be intriguing? I'll tell you what, Cleveland and Cleveland and Dallas would be oh, old no, school. No. But that would be, oh, I know you're an Eagles guy. Oh. We can't have the Eagles in there. Uh, no, that wouldn't be goofy either. What would be just, let, let, me, let me pull the list. I mean, like Cleveland and Green Bay. How about Minnesota? That would uh, be goofy. Two teams that never won the Super Bowl. They haven't won one, but Minnesota's not getting there. Well, you said goofy. Yeah, Tampa. Tampa Bay Baker, with Baker, Baker Mayfield got, against did, Cleveland. Yes, against his old school. Against oh, his old squad. Oh, could you imagine if Tampa oh. Bay got stopped by, if Cleveland got stopped by Tampa Bay from winning the Super Bowl? Wow. Oh, my God. Everybody in Cleveland would be puking for a week. How about the new commercials, though, they would have? With oh. Baker, Baker, lock, Baker would be locking oh. up the stadium. Sorry, nobody's allowed in. No, no, here it is. Here's the commercial. Baker Mayfield is holding the Vince Lombardi trophy, walking outside of Cleveland Stadium. Oh, my God. 
Would that be sexy? Only what? because only because he got locked out, right? Oh. They go there, he tries to get in, and it's locked out. He can't get in, so he takes a plane to Tampa oh. and comes back with the Lombardi. Hey, you guys, I'm back. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Oh, Ken, I'm down. Let's do it. Oh. Let's put that together. I think, you know, we... You kind of look like you got a little bit of Baker Mayfield. I say we just film it anyway. There you go, David. Difference. He'll be part of it. Oh my lord! Could you? You know, the funny thing that we mentioned that though is at the beginning of the season, CBS Sports guys ran a simu like the big simulation, right? And Tampa got to the Super Bowl in their simulation. Believe it or not. Impressive. Well, you know who'd be part of it is our good pal Adam Rank from NFL Network. Remember what he said? I love Saturday Night Live. Oh. I love right. He'll be part of that in a second. God, that would be the greatest, one of the greatest Super Bowl matchups ever if that happened. Oh, I don't think we should talk about anything else but that super, that potential Super Bowl the rest of the show. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Flacco really impressing me. Oh, man. Is How he... about this? 296 yards, three touchdowns. He did throw an interception. That's in the first half. Unbelievable. Where did this come from? I have no idea. Well, you know, the thing is, there's there's talent around him. You know, everywhere he went after he left Cleveland, or after he left Baltimore, he was playing for garbage. Now he's a, he's got some guys around him, you know? He's got a decent offensive line. You know, even though they lost Nick, and, and they're doing this without Nick Chubb. Could you imagine if Chubb was on this team right now playing? Boy, that is pretty impressive. Yes, and Amari Cooper's not even playing tonight, and they've got 34 points at the half. That's right. He's that's right. He's not playing either. You know, I, I think we should get Tom Viola and Chris Wynn on the phone, who laughed at me, mocked me. Did they really? It was it was a it was a like a a themed mocking at the same time. Wait, Tom Viola, the Jets, Tom Viola, the guy that loves his Jets. He was laughing, mocking he, you? Well, he and Chris Wynn, I'll, I'll have to find it. I think it was, what, what was that, two weeks ago? Where I said, would you be shocked if this Cleveland team with their defense got to the Super Bowl? And both of them, like out of a sitcom, said, yes. It was funny. I give him credit. Well, Tom Viola also said that the Raiders were done, that they'd have to blow this team up and start no. from scratch. <laughs> That's not necessarily a bad a, a terrible opinion, but because I get what he was saying, I get what he was saying. But but God, Ken, they're they're playing just. I mean, they in Baltimore are playing as well as anybody right now yeah. in the AFC. Going to be interesting. Oh God, give me that Cleveland. I'm I'm I want my Eagles there. But if it doesn't happen, give me a Cleveland Tampa Super Bowl. There you go. That's that's what we're pulling. That's our pseudo. We're pulling like you're pulling for the Eagles. I'm pulling for the Raiders. But at the end of the day, if you give us Cleveland Tampa, could somebody could somebody get us some pennants in here for some Cleveland Tampa? We need some flags, you know, some lights. I mean, something. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, we're there. Yes, there we we'll, go. We'll, we'll try and we'll try and promote oh, that. That would beautiful. be a lot of fun. But we'll come up with that. Saturday Night Live version of a commercial oh. with Baker trying to get back to Cleveland oh with the Lombardi. God. Yep. We'll have to write that sucker. All right. Uh, college football, 10 nothing Arizona. 3.20 to go first quarter. Alamo Bowl down in San Antonio. Oklahoma on the move right now. Keeping an eye on that game. But I do have a little wager on that with Brad Powers. Oh, do you know? Yeah, remember that was the game that he took Oklahoma, KT. Took Fafita in Arizona and Jed Fish. So we'll see. Here's, here's a stunner. 
As we come back, we'll keep an eye on this game in the association on a 27-game losing streak, the Detroit Pistons. No. They are tied with the Celtics at 110. They're in overtime in Beantown. you got to be kidding me. You're kidding me. We'll keep an eye on it. SportsX Radio 101.5 FMK Dawn. We stream live on that Odyssey app. Ken Thompson, producer Mark Hoke, live from Vegas. We'll be right back. Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 7 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rabapudi. Trial lawyers that get results. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. now. All right, they're playing their hearts out up in Beantown, the Pistons, but with just 45 seconds left, the Celtics have scored four in a row, and they're up by six, 123 to 117. That's in overtime. A loss by the Pistons will tie the all-time record, 28 straight losses. But that was over two seasons by the Philadelphia 76ers. This will be in the same season. A 2-1 and one start out of the gate could equate to 2-29 and 29 after it's all said and done. We'll keep an eye on it, but uh, boy, so close. And they're playing their hearts out. Cade Cunningham leading the way, 26 points, 6 boards, 9 assists, but does not look like it'll be enough. Again, we'll keep an eye on it. Got some other games rolling. We're going to bring Brad Powers on in just a little bit, but let me update the scores. Uh, 98-94 T-Wolves against the Mavs. Doncic not playing in that game. Fourth quarter just underway, and the Wolves up by four, laying 12-228 the total. By the way, you needed that extra session to get that Celtics-Pistons game over the total. The total was 234.5, Boston minus 17 in that game. But again, sitting at 123-117 with 45 seconds left in overtime number one, and uh, could be the only overtime, but Pistons fans hoping that maybe, just maybe, a miracle can happen in Beantown. Pelicans 99-93, they lead the Jazz down in the Bayou, 458 to go fourth quarter there. Pelicans closing minus 9, 240 your total. Not going to get close unless you get an extra session or two in that one. Bulls 91-90, they lead the Pacers by one with eight minutes to go. Windy City there in that game. Pacers actually closed a one-point road favorite. That game also, high total of 238.5, sitting at just 181. Got a lot of work to do there. Nuggets and Grizz at the half. Looks like John Morant and company will finally lose their first game together this season. They've won four in a row, but it's all Denver right now, 65-48, up by 17. They're minus nine for the game, 222 was your total. Three games yet to tip off. They'll get going in a little bit. Spurs and the Blazers from Portland. Portland minus three, 232 and a half. Heat and Warriors from San Francisco. Golden State minus six and a half, 231 in the Lakers. At home against the Hornets. Charlotte losing last night to the Clips. Now they'll take on the Lakers. Lakers minus 13, 227 the total. Not a big college basketball slate, but men getting underway. A lot of conference play starting up here at the end of 2023. Cleveland State holds on, beats Oakland. The Golden Grizzlies, 75-67. Led that game by a bundle at halftime. Had to hold on. They do cover the two. The game goes under, stays under the total. Every time I say goes under, Andy's like, no, stayed under, KT. Never went over, stayed under. 
All right, so uh, 75-67, Cleveland State Vikings get the win. All Texas Tech, 30 seconds away from a blowout win, minus 16. They bury Sam Houston State. They're up by 36. Game's already flown over the total, 96-60. 41-39, Texas Tech leads Arkansas Little Rock. They're one-and-a-half-point home dogs. Still 18-45 to go second half. Tennessee Martin up over Tennessee State, 73-64. Weber State, nice second-half early lead over Montana, up by 18. The Wildcats are on the Grizz. Only minus four and a half, 48-30 your score. 39-34 UC Davis, second half just underway against UC Santa Barbara up there in Davis, California. Gauchos of UCSB, minus two in that game. Sac State at Idaho, Vandals up by six at the Moscow-Idaho Kibbe Dome. And KT's called games there. Idaho minus three in that game. We'll keep an eye there. Eastern Wash taking care of Portland State handily at intermission 46-27. Montana State 33-27 early second half there in Pocatello leading Idaho State. It is Oregon 42-30. So USC actually has the first five points of the second half. 18.50 to go. Matthew Knight Arena. Oregon the only game that I gave out today. Minus three was the close. I gave it out at two and a half. And Oregon still up by 12. But SC trying to get back into that game. Just underway UC Riverside. UC Irvine from the Bren Center. KT of course calling those Highlander games back in the late 90s. And uh, Cal Poly Slow, David Denis, my good buddy, his alma mater. They're at home at Mott Gym against Cal State Northridge. Pretty good Matador team. Keep an eye on Cal State Northridge this year. Cal State Bakersfield at UCSD. Long Beach State, the other team KT called games for. They're at Titan Gym against Cal State Fullerton. Beach should win that game. We'll see if Monson's guys are up for it. They're minus three, total 145. And UCLA, Oregon State get Pac-12 conference play underway up in Corvallis. That game just tipping off. UCLA minus six and a half, 128 and a half. On the ice, 5-3, the only final that's come in. Carolina beating Montreal. The other three games about to drop the puck in British Columbia. First place, Canucks. Minus 155, six the total against Philly. Vegas Golden Knights at the Fortress. Minus 108, six the total. Shaded to the over against the LA Kings. And Edmonton at San Jose at the Shark Tank. How about this? The Oilers minus 400. Seven is your total. Shaded to the under, minus 125. I would look under there. Uh, I think Edmonton wins that game. I'll say four to one. Edmonton wins that game. That's KT's hockey play for the night. Without further ado, we welcome in one of the best in the business. College football has been going his way as of late, although his head-to-head game with KT, we remember this one last week. It was uh, the last one we got in there, and he liked Oklahoma. KT's got Arizona. It's 13 nothing right now. The cat's up, but still plenty of football to go. I did give him, uh, I think I gave him two and a half, but we'll give him three. Arizona leads at 13 nothing. There at the Alamo Dome in San Antonio. But Brad Powers, remember what I told you, biggest bet that he gave, and he said still plenty of value, kept giving it out. Virginia Tech, they took care of business by 21 big ones yesterday. In fact, Powers was 4-0 and yesterday and got off to a good start, gave out Rutgers last week on the show. And uh, I think he gave out the under in the Boston College, the Fenway Bowl, Fenway Park Bowl, and uh, that was good. I think he's on the wrong end of Kansas State and North, uh, North Carolina State. But uh, not bad. That's 6-1 and one in the last seven, Mr. Powers. So uh, you should be taking care of business as far as the bankroll, especially with that big play that you had on Virginia Tech. Yeah, I mean, a little unfortunate with NC State today, uh, to say the least. Uh, that was a, a big-time bummer. So uh, but other than that, uh, okay here the last couple of days. Yeah, NC State was only down two, and I knew you were plus more than that. And then, lo and behold, K-State got a late touchdown and uh, then Armstrong threw an interception, and that put the end of that game. But, yeah, they uh, had their opportunity to get that lead and, and, uh, win and win that game straight up, let alone cover it, but did not come through. 
when we look at this Arizona team real quick, what's your take on them going into the Big 12? How will they fare? Will Does Jed Fish have this program going well enough that they should be able to compete at a high level in the Big 12 on the gridiron? Well, I mean, certainly. I mean, I, there's no Texas or Oklahoma. I mean, they're beating already Oklahoma as it is. So one of the flag bearers of what the, the Big 12 was last 25 years. So, um, yeah, I mean, they're in more than good shape to contend in that conference. Uh, don't ask me for a prediction yet as far as record. There's so much, you know, transfer portal, schedule, and all that that's got to be sifted out through. But uh, uh, they'll be in the mix. Uh, I think they return the uh, majority of their guys and uh, He's got a good nucleus coming back, and it looks like, you know, the big question was whether or not Arizona could hold on to Fish because he's pretty much in hot demand not only in college football, but also, you know, we'll see. NFL, he's got a lot of NFL experience, too. Those NFL jobs haven't opened up yet. So uh, I, as long as they hold on to Fish, yeah, they'll be all right. All right, BP, uh, before I forget, i got to make sure. This game will be, of course, January 7th, but the FCS championship game from Frisco, Texas, Montana, and Bobby Houck able to uh, sidestep a two-point conversion there in that second overtime, and they're able to get past North Dakota State 31-29. But South Dakota State just demolished Albany 59-0. They're minus 12.5 in that game, 49.5. It's a long layoff. What do you see there? Is that too many points for the Jackrabbits to give to a team that they don't see often, Uh, Bobby Houck's Grizzlies, or is South Dakota State that good? that they should be able to take care of business and cover a touchdown in each half? Uh, DraftKings had a 14-and-a-half. I took that with Montana. Uh, believe it or not, no one's going to believe this, but my power ratings have this game at 12-and-a-half. So, no play. Right now, the current numbers, believe it or not, I think it's a pretty fair spread. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, your power rankings are second to none. I always tell you that. I mean, they're fabulous. Really amazing how solid you are and most Guys that do know their college football, they will follow BP's power rankings. They are top of the line, to say the least. All right, let's go back. We left off heading into Friday's games, and uh, we got a pretty good slate. Uh, Clemson and Kentucky, that'll be an early game. That'll be the Gator Bowl there in Jacksonville, Florida. Kentucky catching four, total 44 against Clemson. And some of these totals, these low totals, Boy, it's so tempting to just want to jump on the over anytime you see something in the low 40s. Uh, But you don't know, and there's a lot of moves that have been made. Update us as far as Clemson and Kentucky. Who wins this one, BP? And what are we looking at as far as all the uh, transfer portal guys and NFL draft guys? Who's playing, who's not? Uh, Yeah, Clemson certainly hit a little bit harder as far as the transfer portal and the opt-outs. Makuba starting safety, Bo Collins starting wide receiver out for them. Uh, offensive lineman as well, uh, Nate Wiggins, outstanding cornerbacks out, Jeremiah Trotter, great linebacker for them out. Uh, you know, uh, Kentucky, uh, you, you would think, hey, Ray Davis, uh, he's declared for the NFL draft. He's not going to play. No, he's actually going to play in the game. So Kentucky's pretty much, for the most part, all hands on deck. And we've seen nothing but uh, Kentucky money come in, uh, I mean, but the sooner or later numbers matter. I mean, this was open as high as nine. Uh, you know what I have. Uh, but, uh, you know, at the current numbers, that actually lean Clemson, KT. Lean Clemson with the current number at four. Did you take Kentucky plus the big number before it started dwindling? I did, KT. I, I took the plus nine. Okay. So, uh, and, and knowing that uh, 
you know, some of the starters are playing, including Ray Davis, excellent running back, had a real nice year, especially early on in the season. So uh, looking forward to that one. And that'll be the early game for tomorrow. Have four bowl games tomorrow. A team you know very well, you follow inside out, used to go to their games when you were a kid. Notre Dame, they're going to be taking on Oregon State in the Sun Bowl, one of your favorite places and uh, one of your favorite bowl games as well. Uh, Notre Dame minus six, 41 and a half. But again, it's a uh, Oregon State team that, you know, lost their coach. He's going to Michigan State. Jonathan Smith can't blame him there, even though Oregon State's his alma mater. You know, kind of tough when you know that you're, you know, your alma mater's being left in the dust. Oregon State along with Washington State there in the Pac-12. And then Notre Dame, Marcus Freeman in his second year. Boy, I, I, I got to give this guy a lot of credit, though, and this, and this school, because I, I know they're an independent, but they play a brutal schedule. And for them to avoid the gauntlet, uh, you know, it's nearly impossible for them to do that. But I, I give them credit for playing the schedule that they do. And I wish, you know, other teams would do that. So many of these other teams just, you know, hey, this is what we did in our conference. And then you look at their non-conference games and, you know, every now and then there's a tough one. One of the three or four non-conference games are tough, but the other three are probably against teams that they know they can crush. That's why it's always fun to see one of those smaller teams get a nice payday from one of these bigger teams and win the game outright. I always enjoy that. Yeah, uh, I mean, this is a really tough game I mean, because there's a total of 23 starters. I, I didn't misspeak. There are 23 combined starters out uh, between the two teams. So, I mean, basically a glorified exhibition. I mean, in those certain instances, what do you do? You, you, you probably say lower scoring. I mean, the under's taking significant money. I'm a part of it. Underdog's taking significant money. I'm a part of it. What do you do with current numbers, though? Pretty fair, I think, 6-41.5, and 41 and a half, I, I guess. I mean, my uh, gut tells me uh, uh, Oregon State because I'm always anti, you know, the, the, you know me, I'm anti Notre Dame. Uh, but, you know, if I, I remove all the emotion, I mean, I, I like what I've read from the Notre Dame practices this week. And uh, I think one thing that's not being, you know, probably properly priced, Oregon State only has three assistant coaches coaching this game, the full-time guys that were on the staff. For, uh, for the full year, they had to hire seven other guys that were grad assistants and analysts to help coach the bowl. So, I mean, that, that's a major disadvantage. Wow. Meanwhile, Sawchuck, an 18-yard rushing touchdown for Oklahoma. Sooners on the board, 13-6 extra point pending. Keeping an eye on that one. KT, Brad Powers with you on a throwback Thursday. Uh, Go Branson will get the start there, quarterback-wise, for the Beavs. Yeah, I mean, he's 7-1 as a starter last year, so he's got more experience than the Notre Dame quarterback, Steve Angeli. Uh, I, I think the best unit by far, though, on the field would be Notre Dame's defense, although I think there is an advantage for Oregon State. Uh, defensive front should have their way. Notre Dame's offensive tackles, both of them are out. So, um, you know, if they can get pressure on Angeli, force him in a couple of mistakes, Oregon State could be live here. All right, and then as far as uh, Damian Martinez, not playing? Not playing, no. I mean... Uh, if you just give me a name of a player, I mean, I'm going to tell you, KT, more likely he's out. 23 starters out. So who will be in the backfield? It'll be Isaiah Newell there for uh, Oregon State? No, Fen- Fenwick will play. Oh, Fenwick will play. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, so they'll be okay there. Uh, Belling at tight ends out. I mean, uh, that's pretty significant. Uh, but, you know, I think he's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Gold, uh, a good run, uh, wide receivers out for them, although I like the 
the Bolden kid can run. So they'll, they'll probably utilize him more. Irish, uh, yeah, that's right. Irish for Oregon State, a wide receiver, appropriately named playing the Fighting Irish. He'll get a, a little bit more snaps. I mean, Mascarenes Arnold out for them. Akili Arnold. I do still like Oladapo uh, at uh, at safety for Oregon State, but man, they're, they're missing a lot across the board, just like Notre Dame. Yeah. I, I mean, the most healthy unit is Notre Dame's defense. They only got a couple starters out. Yeah, I like Oladapo. Got to interview him at Pac-12 Media Day, and uh, also you talked about Silas Bolden. A lot of fun to watch. Yes, he can pick him up, put him down. It is funny how things work out. Josiah Irish will be playing wide receiver against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish right now. Currently, Westgate Superbook, Notre Dame minus six, 41 and a half. Uh, duck one more in before the break, and that'll be Memphis and Iowa State. That'll be the Liberty uh, Bowl right there in Memphis, Tennessee. So home field advantage, but Iowa State getting all the money. This line has climbed big time. They're minus 11, 57 and a half is the total. And I know sometimes, you know, home cooking comes into play, but uh, Matt Campbell's guys... Uh, they're going to have a distinct advantage on this. Now, is everybody going to play for Memphis? And I know you weren't sold even when they were. I mean, Hennigan, the quarterback, is he okay? Yeah, he's going to play. Uh, they got a couple of offensive linemen out uh, and also uh, starting safety. So three starters for them. Uh, you know, nothing significant. Uh, Iowa State's pretty much all hands on deck for the most part. Yeah, see, that's what you like. You like when you get a Power 5 school and everybody – is looking to play. A lot of these kids realize they're not going to make it to the NFL. Not that Iowa State doesn't put some quality players in every now and then. They're going to get some defensive players and some decent offensive players as well. Somebody like a Brees Hall, we remember. Uh, but uh, still, it is good to see when you get that camaraderie and consistency where the guys want to play together and finish out a lot of the seniors, finish out their careers together. Uh, any value yet? Or, or still, as far as Iowa State, minus 11 and 57 and a half, or were you part of Iowa State early on pushing that number up when they were under a touchdown? Yeah, I mean, you know, KT, that's where I was. Uh, I can't can't sit here and reckon when you blow through 7 and 10, two very key numbers, I'm not going to – I mean, if I saw this, I'd probably lean – I mean, if anything, I'd probably have a slight lean Memphis at the current number, uh, a little bit over maybe for me. Uh, I think both offenses – Iowa State changed up their offensive philosophy middle of the season. They run a little bit more tempo. They throw it a little bit more, so over for me. There you go. He is Brad Powers. Follow him on X, formerly known as Twitter, of course, at Brad Powers 7 Take a break. Come back with the final game. That'll be tomorrow, and that'll be the Cotton Bowl from Arlington, Texas, Mizzou, and Ohio State. Then we'll cruise into Saturday's games. We'll take you through the games on New Year's Day, and then we're going to hit that NFL schedule as well before we get out of here. It is SportsX Radio 101.5 FM Dawn. We stream live on that Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download it now. Mark Hoke running the show, producing the show, doing a great job. Archives up by 845 Pacific Time, and you can follow at Ken Thompson 87 at SportsX Radio. They'll be pinned on both of those handles there. Also, Use the Rewind feature on the Odyssey app. Easiest way to get to any of the archives for any of the shows, including the Mark Hoke Show, Sunday morning, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., the best in professional wrestling. SportsX Radio, Ken Thompson, Brad Powers. We'll be right back, live from Vegas. Every time it rains, it rains. Pennies from heaven. Don't you know each cloud contains Pennies from heaven You'll find your fortune falling All over the town Be 
sure that your umbrella she's up upside down. There you go, Robert Dobby. Doing the Sinatra thing that he does so well and has been doing it for years, of course, hosting Steve Sanchez's show prior to KT Sports X Radio right here on 101.5 FM Dawn. Streaming live on that Odyssey app, Brad Powers with KT Sports X Radio. Oklahoma came up with their 20th interception of the season, second most in the FBS. But a couple plays later, turned it right back over with their third giveaway tonight to Arizona. They were on about the 12-yard line going in. But Arizona gets the fumble recovery. So still 13-7, Wildcats up on top of the Sooners. First half action. We'll keep an eye on that one as it rolls on through. Pretty entertaining game there, Alamo Dome, uh, the Alamo Bowl there in San Antonio. Brad Powers with me. We already looked at the Gator Bowl, the Sun Bowl, and the Liberty Bowl, and now the Cotton Bowl with Mizzou and Ohio State. And uh, let's see, over at the Superbook right now, it is Ohio State up to five. They keep getting money, 49 and a half. Brad Powers, we know that Marvin Harrison Jr. is there. There has been no definitive word whether or not he would play or not. Is there a chance he plays, and is there a chance he comes back to Columbus for another year? I don't think he comes back to Columbus for another year. That'd be ridiculous, honestly. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I, I give him maybe 50-50 to play, though. I mean, most of the Buckeyes are going to play. Obviously, Kyle McCord's not one of them, but I don't think it's that big of a downgrade to Devin Brown, and they liked what they've seen in bowl practices with Devin Brown. I'm part of the – look, I mean, numbers matter, or at least information matters as well. I mean, when, when the line opened up, Ohio State six and a half. I mean, my anticipation was a lot, you know, Ohio State disappointed. Uh, Missouri fired up. Ohio State will have 10 or 12 guys opt out. Uh, so I bet Missouri plus six and a half three weeks ago. But as the information was starting to leaking that, hey, not a lot of opt-outs for the Buckeyes, practices are going well. You know, the old VIP tout service gave out Ohio State plus one. So well, let's hope we can get a winner tomorrow night. There you go. Brad Powers at his finest, as he is, the bowl games, taking care of business so far and of late, making you a lot of money. Brad Powers Sports, been doing it for a long time. He is the best. He was there with Phil Steele for a while, but he's been, you know, doing his own thing. And his he does. And when I tell you he does his own work, folks, he does his own work. I mean, this guy does not sleep much during college football, uh, during the season, probably, you know, a good month prior, uh, not getting much sleep. And then during the off season, he's still working and, uh, tweaking all the rosters and whatnot and traveling around the country and going to college football stadiums and getting those under his belt as well to get a real feel as far as different atmospheres. But he is uh, second to none as far as putting the work in. And I am always, uh, in awe and privileged to work with Brad for a long time here, sports X radio as he makes time for us each and every college football season. Let's jump over to Saturday, because my producer, of course, telling me it doesn't much matter if Jackson Dart's playing, that Penn State's going to roll and shut down Ole Miss. They're minus six, 48 and a half. It's the Peach Bowl at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. What about it, BP? What's the uh, the update there on Jackson Dart? Because isn't he coming back next year for Lane Kiffin? I mean, I thought so, but, I mean, there has been some movement on the Penn State side of things. Uh I don't have that. I wish I had that concrete information for you, KT. I don't have that right now, but uh, we've certainly seen Penn State take money here the last 24, 48 hours. So uh, for a little bit of doubt there. Uh, I will say, I mean, I'm surprised he's not going to play and not going to come back because Ole Miss has got all their chips in. I mean, they got arguably the, by far the best transfer portal class. Um, they're you know signing guys left and right. 
I think the winner is going to be preseason top five. Penn State's got a bunch of their guys coming back. Uh, good bowl game. Uh, I hope Dart plays just for, for entertainment value. But as far as value, uh, the point spread total, I don't see too much. Unless uh, you're first to the Dart news that he's not going to play. Yeah, I'm hoping Dart does go. And if he does go, then I'll have a friendly little wager there with the hoaxer. I'll take Ole Miss plus the points. Auburn, oh, Mer- really? I would lean more for hoaxers. Uh, State, I, I lean more on the Penn State side. Well, that's okay. You just worry about Oklahoma right now. That's the one you leaned on with KT. When you go head-to-head with KT, it's always a battle, buddy. Nobody's uh, no, nobody's just going to give you the money. And KT's also the one that told you early when that line was eight that USC's got athletes, and I don't care who's quarterback, and I know Caleb Williams. I bet USC, go. man. Come I know on, you I did. You gave it, but you gave it out at six and a half. KT said when he saw the line I at eight. I when, bought it a long time before listen, that. All right. Well, if we go back to the show... KT was, I mean, without even knowing that you even had any skin in the game at all. And it's not because I'm an SC fan. It's just that I know the depth with that squad. And that's why, you know, sometimes you've got to look at teams, and I know you do. I'm I'm saying to the listeners, you've got to look at teams like an Ohio State, uh, you know, teams that have three or four deep at some of these positions. Sure, they may lose a bunch of players to transfer portal, uh, some of the starter, or to the NFL draft. Uh, more than likely with those types of powerful teams. But they still have athletes, and a lot of these teams, you know, they're going three deep with a lot of these five- and four-star players. So we may not know their names, and all of a sudden, who's that guy? And lo and behold, Brad Powers knows who it is because he does his depth charts and knows all that stuff. But a lot of people, right, Brad, they don't know some of these people that are going to be stepping up in some of these bowl games. Well, let me stay on the USC front because we a little bit of time here. But number one, I was happy to see some fight. I mean, when when, when you you know one of your cheers is fight on. I mean, to see some fight out of that USC bunch last night. I mean, I, I like seeing some fight out of the blue blood. So that 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 pleased me quite a bit. Not only because I had money on SC, but you know, but, you know I like to see teams like that do well, or at least attempt to do well. I also think it was a very bad look for Caleb Williams. He rolled ball, playground ball did not work this year. I mean, you saw when Miller Moss come in. Um, playing within the, the, the confines of the system. Uh, Lincoln Riley's many things. He's, he's still a really good play caller and can design an offense. So uh, I, I, I liked what I saw from SC. Saw some fight there. So uh, that was good. I, I know you had be fired up watching that. I would be if I was an SC fan. BP, I just want to tell you that, and, and you can probably confirm this, but I see a lot of movement as we're talking about this game where money is rolling in on Ole Miss right now. So... Okay, I'll have to look. Yeah, so so check on your end. Uh, I have not seen it at the Superbook as of yet, but I did see what I thought was movement at several other big shops here in the Vegas Valley and in faraway places. So maybe you can confirm that, uh, you know, potentially a, a point and a half drop there to four, back to four and a half, but we'll wait and see. I'll wait for Brad to confirm that. Uh, Auburn and Maryland, Music City Bowl, that'll be in Nashville, Tennessee. And Auburn minus six and a half, 48 and a half. I know Auburn fortunate to get into a bowl game, but really played Alabama tooth and nail and had that game won, if not for a fourth and 31 conversion. Milrow throwing a standout pass. They got it done, uh, but one that Auburn should have had. Who do you like in this one? Uh, I mean, I bet Auburn, but again, I, I got in front of the, the Talia Tungabailoa news. Uh, current numbers, let's go over. I mean, I think Hugh Freeze, that known. Obviously, more of an offensive guy. Uh, Maryland, I, I actually don't mind their backup. Billy Edwards is his name. I've seen him watch. Uh, I've watched him play a couple spring games. He's okay. So, uh, over 47 and a half. There you go. And that's the cool thing. If you don't know who the quarterback could be, 
Billy Edwards Jr., Brad Powers will let you know because he knows all these guys depth-wise. That's the great thing with BP. Move on down. Orange Bowl coming up Saturday, and that game will kick off afternoon. I'm so used to the Orange Bowl being a night game. It's crazy, but it is Georgia and Florida State. Georgia up to 20 at the Westgate Superbook, 44-year total. Florida State, my goodness, it's a skeleton crew, and that's tough because, you know, we know they didn't get in the playoff and a lot of guys bolting and NFL draft, transfer portal, I don't know, man. It just doesn't look good. But I would think mostly NFL draft, right? I don't I don't think too many guys are going to be transferring from the Knolls. No, you're right there. Most of it uh, is just, you know, guys opting out. <laughs> game doesn't mean anything. Sadly, you're 13-0, and want to, you know, a conference championship game doesn't mean anything against the two-time defending national champs. I mean, on paper, it's, you know, it should be one of the top, probably the third best uh, outside. should be the best bowl game outside the playoffs. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the, this system that we have, it sure is just a great, fine system. Long for the days of 30 years ago when you wake up on New Year's Day and every single bowl game matters. I mean, if this team beat this team, if this team lost and this team lost, heck, I mean, I could go from fourth to, to, to winning the national championship type of stuff. I mean, I miss those days, but uh, – uh, well, let's look at the Florida State side. Obviously, third stringer for them, at quarterback. That's not going to be great. I mean, he couldn't do anything against Louisville, and you saw Louisville's defense isn't you know that good as he went up and down the field on him. Hey, Brad, what happened? What happened to Rodemaker? Why is he is he not recovered from the injury? Uh, he's going uh, to hit the portal. That is crazy. Yeah, not going to, and not only hit the portal, but said he wasn't going to play. So, I mean, just a lot of fighting, you know, some of these kids. And I don't blame the kids. I blame the upbringing. So, uh, I'm not going to get too mad at the kids, but just really crappy upbringing, poor leadership across the board. That's why college football is in the the shape it is right now, just horrific leadership. I don't know how you allow a conference like the Pac-12 to go by the wayside, just nothing but money and greed. Yep. Uh, sorry. I just, it, it really bothers me, man. I, I'm worried about the future of this sport. If they don't get some direction, they don't get some rules and regulations. The sport that I love, the love, basically the love of my life, everything that I built for, for the last 30 years is just going to be for nothing. So I'm a little fired up about it. Uh, back to Florida State, Johnny Wilson, Keon Coleman, Jaheim Bell, Trey Benson, Jared Burst, Fabian Lovett, Akeem Dent. I mean, this is a who's who of guys that are out. So, uh, I, I normally I'm, I'm in front of it. I'm not. I'm sad that I don't have a Georgia minus 13 and a half ticket. Uh, I think the line closes actually 21. At the current numbers, what do I bet? I'm going under. I, I do not see how Florida State's offense does anything here. Uh, and if you want to get in the derivative market, uh, it's not widely available. But I mean, I got to think team total under 12 and a half ish for Florida State. I just don't see them have. I mean, I'd be stunned if they scored two touchdowns. Wow, that is sad. Yeah, no question about it, but I can't disagree with you. All right, uh, duck a couple more in Toledo and Wyoming. We know uh, Craig Bowl. this will be his final game, and what a storybook career he had at North Dakota State. He's done a pretty good job there in Laramie for a decade. Uh, Arizona Bowl right there in Tucson. Wyoming minus three, 44.5 against Toledo. Yeah, I think Wyoming's the right side. Obviously, the lines move considerably, but they'll play hard for Bowl in his last game. Uh, Toledo without Daquan Finn. Penny Boone, outstanding running back, just hit the portal for them. There are top offense linemen out. Uh, Wyoming will have the crowd edge. Uh, not wild about it, but but I would still lean Wyoming here. Tucker Gleason, though, is a halfway decent backup quarterback for Toledo. So, I mean, they're not going to be completely lost. 
Yeah, that's a good call there. Yeah, Gleason can play, no doubt. Not Daquan Finn, but yet he does have a lot of athleticism for sure. Uh, we've got the Reliquent Bowl over at Raymond James Stadium. This is New Year's Day now, and that is Wisconsin and LSU. Brian Kelly, of course, in his second year, uh, he's losing a lot as far as potential athletes to play in this game. And Luke Fickle, Wisconsin, what has he got going? Well, I don't know. Right now I look at LSU minus 10, 55. BP update, who's playing, who's not, and uh, is there still any value either side or a total? Yeah, obviously the Heisman Trophy winner, Jane Daniels, is not playing, but Nussmeyer is a very capable quarterback. Uh, so he's one of the better backup quarterbacks in the country, so I'm not too worried on that behalf. I mean, Wisconsin has actually more opt-outs. Braylon Allen's not going to play. The center's not going to play. Matry at uh, cornerback's not going to play. A couple wide receivers have hit the, the transfer portal. Jordan Turner, linebacker, hit the portal. One of their better defensive linemen, Rodis Johnson, hit the portal. Uh, I don't see a pathway for much success for Wisconsin's offense, even against a terrible LSU defense. I just There's nobody there at the skill positions for Wisconsin to keep pace here. So far, I mean, Brian Thomas and Malik Neighbors are going to play a wide receiver for LSU. I can't believe that, but, uh, you know, keep in mind, I mean, we're still not there yet, and, you know, we'll take Brian Kelly, I guess, at his word. I mean, he's not one of my favorite, but uh, he said both are going to play. So, if that's the case, LSU minus 10 for me. There you go. Meanwhile, Oklahoma on the 10-yard line trying to go in, trailing 13-7, 3.20 to go in the first half. Sooner, there. sooner. There you go. And uh, BP uh, saying the Sooners are coming on, and they look pretty good as of late. They have turned the ball over three times. Otherwise, they'd be in front in this game. Iowa and Tennessee, and we know Tennessee going to go with a, a young quarterback, somebody that uh, – is it Iam Lieva? How do you pronounce Nico Iam Lieva? I think you're close. Yeah. I don't have it down yet. I just call him Nico. Yeah, Nico, but he's uh, he's a phenom, and uh, they're saying, hey, keep an eye on this kid. Could be pretty good. Tennessee and Josh Heupel's team, they are going to be laying six and a half. This is the Citrus Bowl in Orlando, Florida, against Iowa. 35-year total, which is par for the course this year with Iowa and Kirk Ferentz, and, of course, his son no longer will be the offensive coordinator there for the Hawkeyes. BP, what about it? Can Tennessee score enough points to uh, cover this, or is Iowa's defense going to dictate? Uh, a lot of people I respect love Iowa here. I don't. I mean, I, I mean, Iowa played two teams with a pulse this year. Michigan and Penn State lost fifty-seven nothing. I mean, is Tennessee as good as Michigan and Penn State? No, but Tennessee is better than Minnesota, Illinois, Purdue, Northwestern. They're better than those teams. Uh, so, I even with Nico at quarterback, I. I Tennessee for me I just I what is the pathway for Iowa's success offensively I don't see it unless they're turning the freshman quarterback over multiple times and I I don't think Nico's that big of a downgrade from Joe Milton to be honest with you Liberty in Oregon last one before we take our final break of the night Fiesta Bowl right there Glendale Arizona we know this Liberty team still undefeated Bo Nix supposed to play last I had heard there for Oregon that's why they're 16 and a half point favorite 67 year total what about a Jamie Chadwell first year? Hasn't lost a game. He's had some nail biters, but, uh, you know, the schedule hasn't been difficult. No, I mean, the, the weakest strength of schedule of any team in the country at the FBS level. So a major step up in class here. Keep in mind, they didn't play a single power five team all year. So uh, I wouldn't be afraid to lay it at 16 and a half. Uh, so that would be the lean there. Also lean over Oregon against the bottom six teams they faced this year, average 55 points per game. And believe it or not, Unbeaten Liberty 
would be closer to the bottom half of their schedule than the upper half. So, uh, and the Liberty, if you think it's a high total, I mean, six of the last seven games went over this total. So over 67, lean Oregon. There you go. He is Brad Powers. Take a break with Oklahoma up now, 14-13, a little toe drag there in the back of the end zone. Sooners up by one on Arizona. Before we go to break, remember, demographically, if you're like Brad Powers and now he hits that demographic, that's right, 40, the big 4-0. Actually, that was his GPA at Bowling Green, but uh, Brad Powers now can go to the Preventative Diagnostic Center. KT's been going for years. Dr. John Pearson Company, they've got a great gem right here in the Vegas Valley, the only scanner of its kind in the region. It gives you early detection before signs and symptoms of more than two dozen ailments like heart disease and lung disease. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Check it out. PDCenterLV.com is the website. Give a call now. Leave your name and number. They'll get back to you. Set up that free educational consultation. Make sure you tell them Ken Thompson SportsX Radio sent you. You know the 702 area code for Vegas. 534-7900-534-7900. Comfortable scan takes just a few minutes. A few days later, you get a detailed report from a board-certified radiologist. The heart CT scan and calcium score special. This is phenomenal. Get you in the door. You can get all your organs checked out, but at least get your heart checked out because, guys, you don't want to get blindsided by the Widowmaker. And, ladies, number one killer of women annually in the United States is heart disease. It's a $600 value, only $125. More importantly, your significant other is absolutely free. Two of you get in there, $1,200 value, the heart CT scan and calcium score special. Take care of business. Early detection is key. Get peace of mind. Take charge of your health. Preventative Diagnostic Center, 534-7900. Final break. Come back. Wrap things up. We've got the two playoff games, Alabama, Michigan, Rose Bowl, Texas, Washington, Sugar Bowl. Then we'll go rapid fire in the NFL, the big games. Ken Thompson, Brad Powers, you're listening to SportsX Radio 101.5 FMK Dawn. We stream live on that Odyssey app, and we are live from Vegas. We'll be right back. Rick Springfield coming back. KT wrapping things up. Mark Hope spinning the hits here on a throwback Thursday. 34-17 at the half. Browns lead the Jets. Now 34-17. Browns still lead the Jets. 11-35 to go in the fourth quarter. So no scoring in the second half. Browns minus 6.5. They closed the total at the Westgate Superbook was 33.5. And and yet 51 points in that first half, Boston College beat SMU. Castellanos' outstanding game on the ground, 23-14, to your final there. They were 13-and-a-half-point dogs. They win it by nine, 50-year total. Inclement weather game stays under. Rutgers got a battle from Miami. Looked like they were going to pull away early 14 nothing, but then trailed the Canes early second half, but then ended up winning the game 31-24. Miami got a late touchdown after it was 31-17. Rutgers does win the game in New York, the pinstripe bowl at Yankee Stadium, minus the 2.5, closing number. They get the win and the cover in a game that also flies over the total of 42. Kansas State late touchdown gave them the cover. Uh, they closed as a three-point favorite against North Dakota State, or I'm sorry, North Carolina State. I'm sorry, Marco, got that uh, Bison team Bison. on the brain. There you go. 49, the total game stays under, hits 47, 28-19. The final Kansas State gets the win in the Pop-Tarts Bowl. And uh, KT probably have a Pop-Tart a little bit later. 
and celebrate on that one. No, not really, because BP lost money in that game. I didn't touch that one. Uh, Oklahoma up 14-13, a minute 27 to go. Alamo Dome first half. Keeping an eye on that, Jackson Arnold's thrown a couple interceptions, but has looked pretty good. And the Sooners up by a point. They've got the ball and a third and one near midfield inside the final minute of the first half. So we'll keep an eye on that one as well. Meanwhile, Celtics get the win. Pistons drop their 28th in a row. All-time record, of course, regular season ties the uh, all-time record over two seasons by the Philadelphia 76ers. They got the Celtics into OT but couldn't get it done. Easily covered the 17 in a game that does get over the total because of the extra session. 128-122, Boston wins it. T-Wills beat the Mavs 118-110, do not cover the 12. Game pushes the total of 228. 112-105, Pelicans beat the Jazz at home, do not cover the 9, win it by 7. Game stays well under and the Pacers come back with a big fourth quarter and pound the Bulls in the Windy City 120-104. to on the ice, just uh, updating right now, it is one nothing Golden Knights after one over the L.A. Kings. That's a big game at the Fortress. Got to get that one done. No score, Philly and Vancouver. Need the Canucks to lose to Hoaxers, six, uh, Hoaxers Flyers there. And the Golden Knights can pick up a couple points and then uh, move into a tie for first place with the Canucks. Edmonton leads San Jose one nothing at the Shark Tank. Six minutes in, drop back to the college football playoff, and we bring it right to Alabama and Michigan. Brad Powers, this should be... Uh, well, both games should be entertaining as far as uh, the two college football playoff games, but let's go right to it. This will be, of course, the Rose Bowl, and I didn't know if you were going to make it out there for this one, Alabama and Michigan, and Michigan is still a favorite in this game. They're minus two, total of 45. What are you looking at? Yeah, money coming in on Michigan. Uh, I mean, I've been told by guys I respect on Michigan's side. Eh, I disagree. I mean, give me Alabama uh, for multitude of reasons. Number one, it's just talking how the two coaches do in bowl games. Uh, Saban, when you look at bowl games in the semifinals, when he has a month to prepare, eight straight wins by 20 points per game, six and two against the spread by an average of 10 points per game. Harbaugh, 0 and six, losing by 14 points per game. 0 and six against the spread, losing by an average of 16 points per game. Now let's look at, you know, talent level. Top 100 recruits, Alabama, 47 on the roster, Michigan, 10. Five-star recruits on the roster, Alabama 18, Michigan 2, uh, underdog role for Alabama. It's only happened four times in the last 14 years, all of them against Georgia. So this is the first time that Alabama's an underdog against anybody not named Georgia since the 2009 SEC championship game. Saban's won three of those four games outright. Matchup-wise, I don't think Michigan's wide receivers can get separation against Alabama's secondary. I don't. Everyone's telling me Michigan's going to win the line of scrimmage. I don't think so. So as long as Jalen Milrow plays a clean game, roll tied for me. I know it's square, but they win the game outright. There you go. I'm on it. I'll be there with you, and I'll be on uh, Washington as well. Uh, Washington catching points. I'm a Kalen DeBoer fan. Of course, uh, Panish uh, got me on the DeBoer bandwagon when he hired him over there at Fresno State. Uh, taking on the Texas Longhorns, Sark's done a good job, and the game we all remember early on week two was the Texas win by double digits in Tuscaloosa before Milrow found out that he could actually play quarterback at a high level. Uh, your take on this one, because I just think Washington's a different offense when they have Jalen McMillan uh, in the press box watching that game against Oregon. 
they were night and day compared to the first time that they played the Ducks in Seattle when they nearly lost and probably should have lost that game. But McMillan was open all night, took pressure off of Dunze a little bit. He was actually still getting double covered, but that's why McMillan was open all night. And Polk is a decent receiver as well. I think if Penix Jr. has some time, and that's what Lincoln Kennedy, his alma mater, he's a little concerned how much time will Penix Jr. have against that front seven of Texas. I've been told Washington money is going to show. So, uh, but again, I'm going to be square. I'm going to lay with Texas because what your main man Lincoln Kennedy said. Uh, I'd like Texas at the line of scrimmage on both sides to control matters. So, I don't think Washington has seen a pair of defensive, uh, not defensive linemen, a pair of them, but uh, he seems like a pair just himself. Devondre Sweat. They, they have not seen anybody like him all season. And I just go to the fact that everybody was down on Washington. Just one game ago, there was a reason why they were a 10-point underdog one game ago. I know they played their best game of the season beat Oregon, but there was a reason why everybody, including myself, was like, I don't know how good Washington is. Now we're going to suddenly change that narrative because of one game? I'm not. Texas, hook them. There you go. All right, you got the horns. KT's got the uh, the Penix Jr.-led offense, hoping that he'll get bigger, get rid of that ball quicker than not and understand what he's going up against. So it'll be a lot of fun. I can't wait to, for that matchup. That'll be uh, the later game in the Sugar Bowl. Texas still minus four last I saw, BP. But you expect more money to come in on Washington, according to people you know. Yeah, you're going to get the now. money. You're going to get the money, KT. I think it closes three. Okay. All right, real quick, let's jump over to the NFL. Just a few games I want to get to. Dolphins, Ravens, Ravens minus 347. Uh, no Waddle for Miami, and that's a key loss. I just like to have Hill and Waddle if I'm going to – you know, feel like I have a really good opportunity to beat Lamar Jackson on his home field, but they're off the short week, and they may have a letdown after beating San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, I'd shop around in three and a half. I'd lean Miami. I'll, as long as the weather holds out, over 47 looks good for me. All right. What about the Lions and Cowboys? It's dropped down now to five and a half, sat at six uh, pretty much all week. In fact, Circa, it's down to four and a half, so some good Lions yeah. money coming in on that one. I agree. Uh, Lions are the play there. Uh, I, I think Dallas wins, but they shouldn't be laying more than you know four points here. Raiders, Colts, Colts minus three and a half, forty-two and a half. A lot of people th- saying, you know what? Don't judge the Raiders by those last two wins over the Chargers or a depleted Kansas City team. Not depleted as far as having players, but just the way that they're playing right now. <laughs> depleted as in mindset. Too worried about commercials and Taylor Swift. Uh, Focus on the field. Uh, you know, the Raiders took advantage. Good for them. I was happy for the Raiders. Uh, Man, three and a half is a tough number. I wanted to play the Colts, but not a three and a half. Saints and Bucks. Bucks minus two and a half, 42 and a half. Hoekster and I were behind, real quick, we're behind the big Super Bowl, Cleveland against Baker Mayfield. Uh, the Saints plus eight and a half and a six point teaser. There you go. Sunday night football, Packers, Vikings, real quick. Uh, Vikings going to be a little shorthanded. They're switching quarterbacks, too. Yeah, they are. Uh, man, at pick, I'll take the Vikings. BP, you're the best at Brad Power Sports. BP, we'll do it again next week. We'll hit the NFL hard and we'll review some of the stuff. Thank you so much. As always, that'll do it for SportsX Radio. Till tomorrow, Friday football fiasco. You know the rules. No drinking and driving, no texting and driving. Most of all, God bless our troops. God bless you. Live from Vegas, SportsX Radio, 101.5 FM Dawn. Streaming live on that Odyssey app. God bless, folks. Have a great evening. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. Good night, everybody.